What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Wednesday, April 21st, 2021. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast. And I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City here in Denver, Colorado. And we are back for another week of talking sports with a dose of common sense. Hey, happy Wednesday to you. Hope your week is off to a strong start. Hope you and your family and friends are all doing well right now. Hope you are enjoying some spring weather. Of course, spring weather here in Colorado might be a little bit different than what you're getting. We actually have had snow over the weekend, over this past week. I know that's not always normal for everywhere. Here in Colorado, I told you, this is kind of the snow season though you know something that i want you to keep in mind today as we are moving into spring and that is a date that is celebrated every year at least here in the u.s of a because tomorrow april 22nd is national take your daughter or son to work day yeah the annual event is an educational program in the united states and also in canada where parents can take their children with them to work for one day. The day is designed to help children explore the workforce. They say it expires kids to see the different roles that are required to run a business or maybe to be involved in a project. They may find an interest in different fields. Maybe it's engineering. Maybe it's accounting. Maybe it's healthcare. Maybe it's art. Just by spending the day with their mom or with their dad on take your kid to work day. They say that perhaps a kid's natural proclivity for order could lead them into like logistics or something. Or maybe they like telling people what to do and not working that much, so they're going to go into management. You understand the deal. So be sure to share with your children what a day in your work life is like tomorrow. And maybe they can join you at your job. Maybe they can join you on a conference call. Hey, share with them the skills that it takes to do your job. Share with them the education that your job required. You might even describe the process for completing that project or how you get ideas for the projects you work on. I got to tell you, though, could there really be worse years for this national take your kid to work day than 2020 and 2021? I mean, I'm just picturing parents. Hey, Jaden and I don't know, Dylan. Today is take our son or daughter to work day. So why don't you go ahead and sit here at the kitchen table with me while I get on a Zoom call. And yes, you'll notice me sneaking Cheetos and wiping the crumbs on the floor while I drink my Irish coffee. And you'll also notice that I'm only dressed from the waist up. You're disgusting. And I'm sure 
kids this year and last year looking at this day like, yeah, mom and dad, this is a real thrill. I literally get to see this every day. But you know, I was thinking about taking your kid to work day and like you would think it would be fun to be the kid of like a sports star on this day, right? But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I'm not so sure I'd want to do that. I mean, it might sound fun to go to the strip club for this day. But you don't want to go to the strip club with your dad. Like if James Harden is your dad, you don't really want to go to the strip club with dad. That seems a little bit awkward. Like that's gross, right? Or like what if your job is just surfing the web all day? And you're just looking for people that say mean things about you. And then you have to log out of your regular Twitter. You have to fire up the burner Twitter. And then you have to cuss out people like Michael Rappaport. I mean, it seems like being the kid of Kevin Durant might be fun. But that part of the job seems really, really boring to me. If I'm the kid, I'd rather just do my online school nonsense where we know every single kid doing the online school stuff is just cheating anyways. I'd rather do that stuff because sometimes going to the job with some of these sports stars, I don't know if it would be that fun. I mean, think about it. It seems like there would be some obvious advantages to being the child of one Tiger Woods. But that drive to the course is probably a horrifying event every single day. Hey, if you'd like to contact the show, maybe tell us what sports star you wish was your parent. We would love to hear from you. And if you're wishing it was Sean Kemp, I've probably got some good news for you. But go ahead and hit us up on email, dailydosports at gmail.com, or go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at dailydosports. Maybe you're bored. Maybe you've got a question. Maybe you're wondering a little bit about the NFL draft. We've got the answers that you need. Drop us a line. Send us whatever you have. We would love to hear from you. Also, as long as we are still doing that online shopping, be sure to stop by tpublic.com. Pick up the Daily Dose gear you need in your life. We've got a number of Daily Dose designs over there. You can get t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts. You can get them in whatever color you want. But they've also got things like coffee mugs. Maybe you need a coffee mug for your at-home office. Maybe you need a new laptop cover for that laptop that you keep dropping on the floor because your kitchen table is such a mess. Make sure you stop by tpublic.com and get some Daily Dose gear. Hey, today on the show, the NFL Draft Kids is coming fast. Can you believe this? The NFL draft already starts next Thursday night, just one week from tomorrow. Well, today on The Dose, we are going to be taking a look at some of the top prospects that you just might want to see if your team grabs up in the draft. Plus, we will have a Daily Dose Top 5 for you today, and it just might be a little bit NFL draft flavored as well. But before we get to that, we have had a number of things come out in the world of sports over the past week. And to get started this week, I am going to say something that you probably aren't going to believe. And you know how like people say, hey, you need to sit down before they say something shocking to you or something they think is shocking. Well, I would tell you to sit down right now, except honestly, I've never really seen anyone fall down from hearing news. It's not like you say, hey, you might need to sit down for this because you're going to pass out. I got a new job. Oh, wow. And then they just fall on the ground. That never really happens. So you can stay standing up right now if you want to. But I'll warn you ahead of time, your knees might buckle at least a little bit. 
I'm going to say something right now. And again, you might not believe I am saying this. After 18 days of Major League Baseball in the books, MLB Communications reports that MLB TV just set a 20-year viewership record. What? I'm not even joking. The news release claims ratings are up 12% compared to this time last year and up 43% from 2019. Hey, that's amazing news, right? Kids, baseball is back. It is going to come back and be even better than it has been the last few years. I mean, MLB may be coming back to overtake the NBA soon at this rate, right? And have you seen the early standings in the games themselves? I mean, this season is going to be crazy and fun and amazing. And yes, you are still listening to the Daily Dose. And no, I'm not having some sort of brain meltdown side effect from the vaccine or anything. I'm actually saying these things. And yet, here at the Daily Dose, you know we do pride ourselves on being a podcast of common sense in the world of sports. And I think over this past year, we can all plainly see hey, we need way more common sense, right? So I don't want to totally crush baseball right now. That's not what I'm looking to do. But I would like to take a look at these things just a little more closely, if we could. First off, these ratings that we are being told are so high are being told to us by Major League Baseball. And I mean, good for them. I hope they are that high. But I might be a little bit skeptical to believe a league that doesn't even tell anyone when opening day is. They don't even advertise when their playoffs start. They barely tell us when the World Series is going on. So for that reason, I'm a little skeptical. I'm also a little skeptical to believe a league that forces blackouts on a good percentage of the country so that fans can't even watch their own home teams. So when I hear that news, I kind of go, uh-huh, okay, I mean, maybe, maybe the ratings are that good, maybe. But hey, if the ratings are legit, I do totally get it. I really do. I mean, we are seeing fans return to the ballpark, and that's awesome. And I think there are definitely fans that are excited to see that and to watch baseball because it just might mean that we're seeing a little bit of a return to normalcy. People going to the ballpark, watching a game. Hey, baseball is a sign that summer is coming and maybe we can start to move forward with our lives. That's exciting. And I'm all for that. Make no mistake about that. So I hope the ratings are real. I do think there is a reason to tune into baseball right now. I'm just not completely sold that MLB is maybe being 100% honest with us. Now, as far as the actual games on the field, I would like to take those current standings that are out there right now with a little bit of a grain of salt too. I mean, think about this. Right now, the American League East has the Boston Red Sox on top, while the New York Yankees are in the cellar, and maybe that lasts. But I have a feeling that the Red Sox youth might end up pinching them a little bit, and I have a feeling that the Yankees just might have a run in them with all the talent they do have. In the AL West, it is the Seattle Mariners on top, while the Houston Astros are struggling. And again, 
maybe that lasts. Seattle has been at least generating runs. That's a good thing. But I can't imagine it lasts that long. And while Houston has looked old so far, and they've looked like they're really missing George Springer so far, they're going to get better, aren't they? They're going to start winning games, aren't they? I mean, looking at the National League right now, the New York Mets, the Cincinnati Reds, and the San Francisco Giants, they've all started off really strong. Meanwhile, the Atlanta Braves, the St. Louis Cardinals, the Miami Marlins, they're all starting pretty slow. Finally, in the National League West, the Los Angeles Dodgers are already looking so strong It looks like it's the Dodgers and then everyone else. Meanwhile, the Colorado Rockies have the worst record in baseball. You really think that's going to last? Well, yeah, actually, that one does sound accurate. The other ones, maybe not, but that last one, that definitely does sound like that's how it's going to be. Anyways, my point is, baseball season is a marathon. The season is so long. I know it's super easy to overreact to what has happened in these first few weeks. And it's really exciting. And we are seeing a lot of sports shows, a lot of sports networks jumping on those stories and doing exactly that. I would just kind of encourage you to wait a little and let's let the length of the season and the attrition that goes along with that take a little more shape because I promise you it is coming. Okay, but let's move over to college sports. And one of the biggest stories that has come out over the past week, and I mean, this is huge news coming out in college sports, the NCAA Division I Council has approved a one-time transfer rule allowing all student athletes to change schools once without even needing to sit out for a single year. Athletes in all sports, including football and men's basketball, will be able to transfer one time and receive immediate eligibility. Now, I know when that news has come out, there's a lot of people, maybe in your life, there's a lot of people that I've heard in my personal life, but there's a lot of people in the sports media world, and they have all said the same thing. They have all said, this is great for the student-athletes. This is going to help those poor kids that have maybe been lied to by their schools. Maybe they were lied to by the coaches recruiting them. And now, if that's the case and they're not getting a fair shake at that university, hey, they can just up and transfer. It is what is best for the kids. And you know what? For a very small percentage of kids, that might be true. They may have been lied to by the coaches that recruited them. They may have been told that they would be a full-time starter. Or they would have a chance to compete to be a starter. And that hasn't really worked out. And so they want to transfer to another school. Hey, I get it. I completely understand it. But right now here on The Dose, I'm going to predict the future a little bit. Let me tell you how this transfer rule is going to go. And I know how it's going to go because, you see, I was actually coaching high school basketball in Colorado, in the middle of a lawsuit levied against our school because a player wasn't happy because he had been sat down at times for disciplinary reasons. So he wanted to transfer to a different school. So the case we were involved with actually went to court and the judge involved, who, by the way, had no knowledge whatsoever about sports, well, he ruled at the time 
that Colorado should have an open transfer rule. If a kid wants to transfer for athletic reasons, then let them transfer. In high school, mind you. Think about that idea for one second. You're going to let 15 and 16-year-olds make these kinds of decisions? Do you have any idea how flaky 15 and 16-year-olds are? So, based on that, let me now predict the future, and I'm going to let you know how this is going to go down. See, not only are you going to see kids bouncing all over the country to different universities for the pettiest of reasons, which you are going to see a lot of, and you're going to see it often. I mean, you're going to see kids bouncing all over the place at the drop of a hat, but here are some of the other things that you can expect. You're going to see stars leaving. You're going to see maybe the best quarterback at your alma mater just up and leave because he wants to be in a better situation. Maybe that school has a better coach that he bonded with. Maybe that school has a better team. Maybe that school is just, I don't know, offering him a little bit more. So he's going to go over there. But wait, there's more. You're going to also see schools around the country recruiting those players on your favorite team. So you think that you've won the recruiting battle, right? You sign that high school kid. He puts on the hat. He says, hey, I'm going to this school. Not anymore. Those days are over because this is going to be a free-for-all. Because here's the thing. Even though that kid is signed, that kid's still getting recruited every single day. Because he can go to another school anytime he wants to. He doesn't even have to sit out a single second. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to be super healthy for these kids, right? But wait, there's more. Let me ask you, if you're a kid playing at, say, Vanderbilt, maybe you're playing at Rutgers, you signed with them. They were the only school interested in you when you came out of high school, so you signed with them, and you're pretty good there. Maybe you're like a starting wide receiver. You're putting up pretty big numbers. But I mean... Those schools aren't playing in like the SEC championship game. Rutgers probably isn't going to the Big Ten championship game. They're not going to a major bowl game. Well, you want to be in those big games. And now, you're getting recruited every single day of your life by Nick Saban in Alabama, by Ryan Day at Ohio State. Where are you going to go? Are you going to stay at your little school? Or are you going to leave that smaller program in a heartbeat? Let's say you're playing basketball like Sacramento State, and hey, they're awful. Well, you want to go to the big dance. You want to go win big games. So you're going to transfer to UCLA as soon as they offer you that chance. So here's what we're going to see in college sports. You're going to see the rich get richer over and over and over and over again. And those middling to lower schools, they're never going to do anything ever. Now, those are just a few of the wonderful benefits of this new rule. But keep in mind, those are the benefits on the playing surface. But there's a lot more to think about than just sports here. Here's the bottom line, because we are talking about these places of higher education, right? What are we teaching our kids? Well, with this new rule, we're teaching them a few things. We're teaching them to chase money. We're teaching them to have zero toughness. We're teaching them to run from any problem that they might have. We're teaching them that if things get difficult, 
You don't need to honor your commitment. You just leave and go somewhere else. And once again, we're doing this to kids. I understand they might be a little bit older than the 15 and 16 year old kids at the high school level, but let's be real. Most of these college kids, they're not adults. They're not always capable of making the most rational decision because like it or not, their brains haven't fully formed yet. So some of these kids will make decisions that can affect them long-term based on very, very temporary situations. See, once again, as I always say here on The Dose, the biggest problem with youth sports is rarely the youth. It is 99.9% of the time the adults. And this latest transfer rule that the adults claim is going to help these kids, it will most likely hurt more kids than it will help. It'll help a few kids. I get that. It'll hurt a ton of kids. Well done, NCAA. Once again, you have failed to act like the adults in the room. And once again, you are screwing things up for the young people that you claim you care so much about. Okay, coming back. The NFL draft is coming fast. I mean, it's already going to be here next week. The NFL draft is always like the sure sign of spring being here, right? Summer will not be far behind. But today, we are going to be taking a look at a few of the top prospects that you should be hoping your favorite team would select. And, of course, we're also going to be taking a look at a few players that you might want to be real, real careful about, too. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So the 2021 NFL draft is actually going to be the 86th annual meeting of NFL franchises to select newly eligible players for the 2021 NFL season. The draft will be held in Cleveland next Thursday, April 29th. It will run to Saturday night, May 1st. Now, the Jacksonville Jaguars hold the draft's first overall selection this year. That could end up being pretty important. Meanwhile, the Philadelphia Eagles, who have the number 12 overall pick, actually have the most picks for a team in the draft this year. They have 12 picks. But here's the question. We ask this every year, and every year we kind of try to figure out, but it's really hard to figure out which teams are actually going to improve themselves this year in the draft. Which teams are going to take a chance on a player and have it pay off? And which teams are going to take a top player only to find out that they weren't the player they were hoping 
they were getting. Right now, let's take a look at a few of the most notable players in the 2021 NFL Draft. And I want to start with the top players on the draft board. Who are the top players available, regardless of position, or regardless of school, or regardless of what team's needs are that are sitting at the top of the draft? Which players have the best chance to be really, really good? And this is always tough to evaluate. Because if a really, really good player coming out goes to a bad situation, I mean, he might be great, but it's really hard to overcome that. And sometimes you'll see a lesser player flourish because they landed in the right spot. I mean, you think back to the Houston Texans taking David Carr. David Carr was a big, strong quarterback coming out of Fresno State. He had all the tools. He had the big arm. He was very intelligent. He was a big, strong kid. But he went to Houston and got beat up and got chased from the league because after a while, he was just gun-shy. Meanwhile, you have a kid coming out of Michigan by the name of Tom Brady who no one knew, but he landed in the right spot. He goes to the New England Patriots very late in the draft. He gets in with Bill Belichick, and all of a sudden, we have a guy that everyone is talking about as, well, hey, he's the greatest quarterback to ever play. Well, yeah, maybe, and he also landed in the perfect spot. So coming out in 2021, who are most likely the best players to come out of this group? Now, we'll have to see how they do, but these are the players that I look at and say, hey, those players have a chance to be really, really good. And I will start with a player that I've noticed recently and over kind of the last few months, a lot of people, they seem to kind of be dismissing this guy. They're kind of brushing him aside. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess he's good, but there actually might be a few players better than he is. I'm telling you right now, there aren't. Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence is the best player in this draft. Do not get that twisted. The only reason that we're forgetting about how good Trevor Lawrence is is because he's been around for a few years and we're kind of getting sick of the same story. And we've been hearing about Lawrence now steadily for a solid three years. So we kind of look past the fact that Lawrence is 6'6 and 220. He has really good touch on short passes. He has a huge arm to drive the ball down the field. He's a really good leader. He's highly intelligent. He's highly athletic. Don't underestimate how good of an athlete this dude is. He ran a 4740 at 66 and 220. That's an athlete. Oh, and I know that people are out there acting like maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars should take a look at another quarterback. Do not kid yourself. Trevor Lawrence is the most sure thing quarterback I have seen since probably Andrew Luck. Remember this. While we might be kind of tired of the story, dude went 52-2 and as a starter at Clemson. Yes, there are things he needs to improve. But make no mistake, Trevor Lawrence is the best player in this draft. Trevor Lawrence can be a big-time franchise brand-name quarterback. Having said that, as long as the Jacksonville Jaguars don't draft him and break him, by not helping him out at all and get him killed. If that happens, then yeah, he'll fail. But make no mistake, Lawrence is the big dog in his class. I know that's kind of getting pushed aside. Oh, maybe they should take this guy instead, or maybe this quarterback. I mean, he showed a few flashes. No, Trevor Lawrence is the man. Make no mistake about that. You know, it is funny 
when the NFL draft rolls around every year because we always see the same things. And we see them over and over and over again. And you would think that teams would kind of notice the trends and be like, hey, you know, let's adjust a little bit for that. Teams fall in love with players. And they usually fall in love with quarterbacks. Now, sometimes they'll fall in love with a defensive lineman. Sometimes they might fall in love a little bit with like a linebacker or maybe a really, really good offensive lineman. But for the most part, they ignore a lot of talented players. And it is really rare to see teams fall in love with certain positions. It's rare that a team will fall in love with like a safety. That doesn't happen very often. It's really rare that a team will fall in love with a tight end. Well, I'm telling you right now, the second best player in this draft might be a tight end. Having said that, don't expect this guy to go number two because like I said, that's not how the NFL draft works. People will fall in love with other players ahead of him. But I'm telling you right now, Florida tight end Kyle Pitts, he is one of those freakishly good tight ends. He is too fast for you to try to cover him with a linebacker or a safety. And he's too strong for you to put a cornerback on him. If you put a small speed guy on him, he'll just post him up and beat the guy up physically. I realize he's not a great blocker, at least not yet. But do you really care? No, he's going to go catch a ton of passes for you. Last season, despite playing in just eight games, Kyle Pitts caught 43 passes for 770 yards and he had 12 touchdowns. Dude was in the Heisman conversation as a tight end. And before you think, okay, big deal. So he beat up like Vandy or South Carolina. No, he actually had one of his biggest games against Alabama versus the Crimson Tide in the SEC championship game. Pitts had seven catches for 129 yards and a touchdown. I don't know. Kyle Pitts kind of seems to be the type of guy. You just get the sense he wants to be great. And at the end of the day, I think that is what separates kids at this level. Are you happy to get drafted? Or do you want to get drafted and then say, okay, wait, because now I'm just getting started. Now I'm going to show you what I can do. Pitts seems like the kind of guy that's going to prepare during the week so that he can crush you on game day. Whoever gets Kyle Pitts in the draft this year, you're getting a legit tight end. I know that's not always the sexiest position. This kid can play. You know, I do think there are a few big-time wide receivers in this 2021 NFL draft, but the one to me that can probably be successful no matter where he goes is probably LSU wide receiver Jamar Chase. I like both Alabama wide receivers, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle, but Chase has way better size. He is a big, strong wideout. He can line up anywhere on the field and be a threat. Chase won the Bolitnikoff Award as the nation's top receiver back in 2019 when he had more talent around him. He helped LSU win that national title. And in the championship game against Clemson, all Chase did was catch nine passes for 221 yards and two touchdowns. Chase led the FBS and set SEC records with nearly 2,000 receiving yards and 20 receiving touchdowns. But here is the catch with Jamar Chase. Last year, he didn't play. He opted out of the season altogether because of the whole COVID thing. So we haven't seen him play in over a year. And one brief side note to the 2021 draft. There are a lot of players that did that. So we are going to find out 
which NFL scouts really do their homework? Because there's a lot of guys that didn't play this last year. If you just go off of this past season, you're missing a ton of studs. NFL scouts had better be on the ball this year because there are talented players out there if you look for them. And Jamar Chase, without a doubt, is one of them. You know, we talk about it a lot here on The Dose. Football is a game that is won or lost in the trenches. And one of the best players in the trenches coming out this season is Oregon offensive tackle Panay Sewell. Sewell has the size you want. Dude is 6'5". He's 331 pounds. But if you watch him play, this guy has, I mean, elite foot speed. Watch him slide his feet. He looks like a basketball player to stay in front of some of the better defensive ends. Now, don't get me wrong. To make that jump from college to the NFL, he's going to need work. And he's going to need to learn how to work a little bit harder. Here's the catch with Sewell. I'm not sure he is like a day one, he's going to be the best player on your offensive line kind of guy. He would actually probably be better off going somewhere where he could learn and get experience and have a mentor kind of teaching him the way, maybe even learn a little bit on the right side for a few years. And if he gets in that right situation, eventually he could move over and be your top guy, your left tackle. But if he gets drafted into the right spot, yeah, Panay Sewell can be an anchor on your offensive line for years to come. In 2019, he was a 13-game starter at left tackle. He won the Outland Trophy, which is given to the top offensive lineman in the country. He was the first sophomore to ever win the award. That's pretty impressive. Panay Sewell has a ton of potential. Okay, but we know how the NFL draft works, right? For every super stud out there, there are like 40 or 50 players that don't turn out at all. And we tend to refer to these players that don't turn out as being busts. Well, which of the top players this year have the potential to be, let's say, a tad busty? No, no, not that. Just a tad busty. If you're not completely satisfied, you can be busty St. Clair. I'm not saying these kids will be busts. And this first guy on our list has the potential to be a bust, but I'll be the first guy to admit, this is totally unfair. Because I'm kind of rooting for this kid. Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields, he has so many qualities that could make him a bona fide star. After starting his college career at Georgia, Fields transferred to Ohio State, and since being a Buckeye, he has had an incredible career. Fields threw for over 5,000 yards and 63 touchdowns in just two seasons with the Buckeyes. He can be a dual threat kind of quarterback, but honestly, he's not really a runner. He's more of a pocket passer that will use his feet to just evade pressure, but he's going to keep looking downfield. He's not this scrambler kind of guy. I like Fields for the fact that he was enough of a leader to demand the Big Ten start playing football this past year when we started to see evidence that it was safe to play. So why in the world am I putting Justin Fields on our list of players that could end up being, well, a tad busty? Because in 109 seasons, name a great, no, never mind, name a good, you know what, no, that's probably too much too. Name even a competent NFL quarterback 
that has come out of the Ohio State. I'll go ahead and wait. What'd you say? Arch Schleister? Braxton Miller? Joe Germain? Mike Tomzak? Tom Tupa? Troy Smith? Yeah, there are no great quarterbacks that have ever come out of Ohio State. Ever. I'm not saying it can't happen. I am saying it has never happened before. So Justin Fields is going to have to change all of that. Maybe he's the guy to do it. I don't know. But it's never happened before. So I have to say there's a chance he could end up being just a tad busty. Now, like I said, we know every year there are quarterbacks that teams just fall in love with. Forget what happened on the field. Never mind what you saw in the film. They see them throwing in like their pro day against no one, against like coaches waving a broom, and they watch their private workouts. They time them in the 40-yard dash. They see how high they can jump. I don't know, they watch how fast they can swim or whatever, and they just fall head over heels in love. Never mind the game tape. Never mind what they did in clutch situations. Think back to guys like Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins and Sam Darnold and Mitch Trubisky. The list could go on forever. Well, this year, there is a guy that is flying up everyone's draft board. And again, I'm not saying he can't play. He may end up being a superstar. But I do have some questions about BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. Yes, I know. I saw the throw on his pro day when he was running out to his left. And then he uncorked a ball to his right. And it went like 70 yards and he did it with just a flick of his wrist. I get it. It's impressive for sure. But here is my concern for Zach Wilson, possibly not living up to all the recent hype he is getting. He hasn't played much top competition while he's been at BYU. In his three years at BYU, Wilson has faced just nine top 25 teams. Most of those, I might add, were ranked from 10 to 25, not top 10 teams. His record against those top 25 teams, eh, it was four and five. It was okay. And you know, it isn't just that his level of competition wasn't great. It is more that he gets away with doing things at that level that he's not going to get away with anymore. Hey, playing at like Ohio State, you get away with things. But you're playing against Michigan and Minnesota and Wisconsin. You're playing against some of the big dogs. At BYU, I mean, sometimes you're playing against no-name state. So he was really able to get away with some things. I think back to his game last year, one of the biggest games on BYU's schedule. Remember they threw together that game real quick against Coastal Carolina? It ended up being the lone loss on BYU's season. And in that game, Zach Wilson was okay, I guess. He went 19 of 30. He had 240 yards. He had a touchdown. He also had an interception. And he failed to lead a game-winning drive. That makes me at least a little cautious about what happens, say, if he gets drafted and he's facing the New England Patriots. I saw what you did against Coastal Carolina. It wasn't that great. So I realize everyone is desperately in love with Zach Wilson right now. I'm just saying, I have a few questions about what he can actually do when he's on the field. Now, our first two guys on this list of guys that could be a little bit busty, they're really talented players. They have to prove that they're capable of raising their game to the next level. Our next two guys are guys that have different kind of questions. 
And this first guy up, honestly, he might be one of the most talented players in this draft. But if your favorite team selects him, and I know, because my favorite team is looking at this guy, there are some concerns about him. Penn State linebacker Micah Parsons is an insanely talented inside linebacker on the field. He can fly around. He can cover. He can do everything. But he does have some questions about, I guess, his character. Parsons committed to Penn State in the spring of 2016. Then he decommitted. Then he recommitted. And he was pretty good as a freshman. But then as a sophomore, he led the team in tackles. He had 109 tackles. 14 of those were for loss. He had five sacks, five pass breakups, and he forced four fumbles. He was a first-team All-American. He was also named first-team All-Big Ten. But then this last year, he opted out of his junior season. He had concerns about COVID, so we haven't seen him play in a year. But he also has other concerns. He was accused of a few different incidents at Penn State. He was accused of choking a teammate in a locker room fight. That's not great. And he was also accused of being involved in the hazing of younger teammates. That tells me there's probably a maturity issue with Parsons. Now, maybe he's grown out of that stuff. Or maybe he's going to be one of those, I don't know, Odell Beckham Jr. types that still acts like he's 13. The problem is you're no longer 13, and now you're playing against grown men. And if that is the case, and he is still in that mindset, Micah Parsons could be in some trouble. One more player to add to our bust list, and honestly, I don't really have any character concerns about the guy, but I do have some questions about Georgia edge rusher Aziz Olajari. Olajari has some serious potential. In his first season with the Bulldogs, he led them with five and a half sacks. That was back in 2019. He was also named one of the team's most improved defensive players. He had 36 solo tackles in 14 games. But this last season, as a redshirt sophomore, he was named second team All-SEC. He led the team with 12 and a half tackles for loss, and he tied for eighth in the FBS with eight and a half sacks. He also forced four fumbles. But here's the problem. Olajari is very inexperienced. He has a long, long way to go to develop as a true NFL pass rusher. If you watch his film, he doesn't really have any moves. He's basically just beating people because he's so gifted athletically. Well, at the next level, that doesn't really work. Those offensive linemen, they're every bit as good as you, and also they're a lot smarter than you. Now, Old Jar does seem like a really good kid, and he does seem like he has a really good work ethic. But he is so green, he is so inexperienced that when they are pushing him up to possibly be a first-round pick, yet you're not ready to be a first-round kind of guy. You're not ready to step on the field and be a contributor your very first snap. You're not even close. You're still going to have to learn how to play the game a little bit. And for that reason, I would be a little bit concerned if he is drafted too high, he could end up being a little bit busty. Because those expectations get really, really demanding. And they can weigh on a team, they can weigh on their fans, and they can end up weighing on the kid quite a bit too. So we've talked about some of the top players in this NFL draft. We have talked about some of the players that have some questions and could end up being a little bit busty. But what about those players that could be taken in the later rounds of the draft? Those players that 
maybe they're not at the blue blood college football school, but they're players that if you hear your team call their name, you might be pretty optimistic because these guys can play a little bit even if you don't recognize these names. Let's start off on the offensive line. And instead of starting at maybe USC or Ohio State or Oregon or something like that, let's go to Northern Iowa, where six foot eight, 314 pound Spencer Brown was a two year starter at tackle. And he has now entered the 2021 NFL draft. Now, I actually watched a little bit of tape of Spencer Brown. I'm telling you right now, this kid's a bit of an athlete, but he's really, really raw. He does have some holes in his game, but keep in mind, in high school, he only played eight-man football, and then he went to Northern Iowa. Also, keep this in mind, he started out his collegiate career as a defensive end. He was actually pretty good. Then he played some tight end at 6'8 and 300 pounds, and now he has become an offensive tackle. Also, keep in mind, he had three different offensive line coaches over the past three years. So you want to talk about green. Everything is brand new to Spencer Brown, but he is extremely athletic for that size. If he can get into the right situation and get a really good offensive line coach and coach him up, Spencer Brown could end up being a guy that would be a steal if you could get him maybe rounds two to four. That is a kid that has a ton of potential and a ton of physical skills. He just has to learn the game a little bit more, but he could end up being a steal for your team. You know, there are a few good running backs in the draft this year. You've got Travis Etienne from Clemson. You've got Najee Harris at Alabama. I personally really like Trey Sermon from Ohio State, but a guy whose name you might not know is also Trey, but it's Trey Regis, who showed some promise, but he played at Louisiana Lafayette. Now, I know the Ragin' Cajuns aren't exactly a blue blood program, But Regis could develop into an NFL starter. He played four seasons at Louisiana Lafayette. He had 4,000 yards. He scored 43 touchdowns. But here's the crazy part of that. He did this while sharing time in the backfield with two other running backs. So while he didn't put up these huge, crazy numbers, he had solid numbers, he also didn't rack up huge, crazy miles on his body. Now, Trey Regis is 5'10". He's 218 pounds, and he's a bruiser. He runs between the tackles. This is not a third down scat back. This is a guy that can grind out tough yards. And one thing to keep in mind with Trey Regis, he doesn't fumble. He protects the football. This kid can move the chains, and he could be a really good value if you could get him in the middle rounds of the draft, even though he's from a smaller school. Now, we know there are some big-time quarterbacks in this year's draft. In fact, I kind of expect anywhere from five to maybe seven quarterbacks will be selected in the first round alone. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, and then maybe Kyle Trask or Kellen Mond. But maybe you're not looking for a quarterback to be your day one starter. Maybe your team is hoping to find a guy on the second or third day of the draft that could develop into a bona fide backup and then kind of a starter if you needed him. Well, I might have a guy for you. Because Northwestern quarterback Peyton Ramsey, this dude is just a gutsy quarterback. But remember that he took his team to the Big Ten Championship this last year. Hey, he's got a pretty good arm. He showed some pretty good passing ability as a senior, 
But it wasn't just a one-year thing. He did it as a sophomore and a junior as well. Over the past three seasons, Ramsey didn't have a ton of help around him. But he was steadily productive every single year. He threw 54 touchdowns. And he also ran for another 17 touchdowns. Ramsey also scored a 30 on his Wonderlick test. So he's a pretty bright guy. That actually puts him among the top three scoring quarterbacks in this draft class as far as Wonderlick. This kid's got a lot of intangibles. Maybe he's not the biggest. Maybe he doesn't have the biggest arm. But he's got high intelligence. He's got a ton of work ethic. And he has worked in situations where he's not surrounded with a ton of talent. He's had to work for everything he gets. For that reason, I think Peyton Ramsey could develop into a very, very good player in the NFL. Our final under-the-radar player is from a school that has been at least on the rise over the last decade or so, and that is Western Michigan wide receiver Dwayne Eskridge, who caught 121 passes and he scored 15 touchdowns this last year, which earned him an invitation to the Senior Bowl. Hey, this kid could end up being like a slot receiver. He's a shifty dude. Now, don't get me wrong. Dwayne Eskridge is not a big guy. He's 5'9 and 190 pounds. He doesn't run the greatest, most disciplined routes. And while his hands seem to be okay, I mean, no one's going to mistake this guy for Jerry Rice. But here's what Dwayne Eskridge can do. Dude runs a 4'3'40. And I mean a legit 4'3'40. He can take the lid off of the defense because if you try to jam him and you miss, oh, he's gone. And I mean long gone. He's also a really, really dangerous special teams returner. Dwayne Eskridge averaged nearly 28 yards per kick return. Hey, you get a guy like that the ball, you give him a little space, he can be highly, highly dangerous. For that reason, he could be a really good pickup late in the draft. If your team is looking for a guy to kind of come in, be a slot receiver, maybe be a special teamer, Dwayne Eskridge might be a name you want to listen for. Okay, coming back, we need to get over to our Daily Dose Top 5. You know, we just talked about some of the -the under-the-radar players from some of the smaller schools in the country. Well, what about the other schools? What about those true big blue blood programs? Which college football programs are the actual blue bloods? Our Daily Dose Top 5 will reveal which teams are truly sending talent to the NFL. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now, as we do so many weeks here at the Daily Dose, we need to get to our Daily Dose Top 5. Five! You know, there's a lot of talk about which colleges are truly the best. I mean, if you went to one school, you're going to say your school's the best. People at another school are going to say their school's the best. We know that lately in college football, it's basically three or four teams, right? Like it's Alabama, it's Clemson, it's Ohio State, it's Oklahoma, right? But who are truly the blue blood programs? And when you look at that, it kind of comes down to one question, doesn't it? 
which teams are really sending the most players on to play professionally? Well, today, our Daily Dose Top 5 is going to count down the top five programs that are actually producing NFL talent. Now, I realize if we go back in history and we look at which programs have produced the most draft picks of all time, we're going to get, you know, your Notre Dames. We're going to probably get, I don't know, probably Army, maybe Navy, some schools like that that maybe they haven't done so much recently, but back in the day, they were really tearing it up. But what if we just look back at the last 20 years? Today, our Daily Dose Top 5 is counting down the top five schools that have sent the most players to the NFL draft since the year 2000. That's a little bit different because now we're just looking the past 20 years, who's really getting it done? Let's start off at number five. Five. And honestly, when I saw this one, it surprised me a little bit because for so many decades, this school is one that had a ton of homegrown talent, but it always seemed like they lost the big game. But there's no question. This school always sends a ton to the NFL draft. And in the past few decades, they have started living up to their talent a little bit more. Over the past few decades, they've won three national titles. But we kind of forget how much talent that the University of Florida has had in their history. I mean, think back to some of the greats, not even talking the last 20 years, but Wilbur Marshall, Emmett Smith, Carlos Alvarez. But then when you look more recently and you see guys like Brandon Spikes, and Riddell Anthony, and Kevin Carter, and Joe Hayden, and Javon Kurse, and Alex Brown, and of course, Tim Tebow. They all came out of the University of Florida. The Florida Gators have had 117 players selected in the NFL draft just since the year 2000. And with Kyle Pitts, and Kyle Trask, and Kadarius Toney coming out this year, yeah, Florida's going to add more to that total. Florida comes in at number five. Up next is a team that you might think of, but you might think of them more as like an 80s or 90s team. But make no mistake, this school is still producing blue chip talent. But for some reason, that hasn't translated into wins, at least lately. But never mind that. Back in the early 2000s, the Miami Hurricanes, they were basically just rolling out NFL rosters. I mean, think of the talent on those teams. It was absolutely ridiculous. Ken Dorsey, Clinton Portis, Willis McGahee, Frank Gore, Naja Davenport, Andre Johnson, Jeremy Shockey, Ed Reed, Philip Buchanan, Antro Roll, Jonathan Vilma, Vince Wolfork. Hey kids, those aren't players from different teams. Those are all from the same roster at the University of Miami. Since the year 2000, the Hurricanes have sent 119 players to the NFL draft. And while Miami hasn't really been the national contender recently that they used to be, I think it's pretty apparent from the first two teams on our list that the state of Florida is producing an insane amount of NFL talent. Florida sent 117 players. The U comes in with 119 players. And for that, they come in our list today at number four. We move on to number three. And we get to a school that might not be in a state that produces as much talent as maybe a Florida. But make no mistake, the state of Louisiana has a ton of talent themselves. And the Louisiana State Tigers are enough of a brand name nationally, they can pull talented players from anywhere. LSU 
has sent 126 players to the NFL draft since the year 2000. And when you think of all the talented players that they've had, especially recently, honestly, I feel bad saying this, it's kind of surprising they haven't won more titles. Think of this, Devin White, Leonard Fournette, Tyron Matthew, Jarvis Landry, Patrick Peterson, Odell Beckham Jr., Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, LaRon Landry, Michael Brockers, the LSU Tigers have sent so many good players to the NFL. Of course, the biggest problem for Louisiana State has been their inability to find top-flight quarterbacks. Hey, they get even a decent quarterback. You get even a Matt Mock. You get, obviously, a Joe Burrow. And yes, they can contend for a title. But when you've had guys like Rohan Davey, Josh Booty, Matt Flynn, Zach Mettenberger, those are mostly below-average quarterbacks. So I guess that's why LSU has struggled to put together, you know, a lot of title runs. But man, the LSU Tigers are sending a ton of talent to the league. LSU with 126 players comes in today at number three. Up next at number two is the team that you're probably expecting to be number one. And you know, it's funny to me because people will sometimes say things like this to me. They'll say, Clint, you know, Nick Saban really isn't that great of a coach. I mean, Alabama is great every year. Are they? How long you been watching football? Yes, I realize they were great back in the Bear Bryant days. They had some moments under Gene Stallings, but were they going 12-0 and every year under like Dennis Franchione? What about Mike Shula? What about Mike DuBose? Because I remember some pretty lean years down in Tuscaloosa where they were going like 4-9 and nine under those guys and not even making bowl games. Hey, spin it however you want. What Nick Saban has done in Tuscaloosa is absolutely insane. And it without a doubt puts him in the conversation as one of the greatest college football coaches ever. The Alabama Crimson Tide have had 127 players drafted in the NFL just since the year 2000. And they're rolling out more and more every single year. Here is something to think about while we're on the subject of Alabama. Has Alabama become wide receiver U? I mean, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper, Julio Jones, and this year we're going to get Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell? I think you can make a pretty strong case that Alabama's wide receivers are better than everyone else's. But here's the thing. It's not just at wideouts. Alabama is sending a ton of talent to the league at every single position. Nick Saban is such a good recruiter, but it's not just that he recruits guys and doesn't coach them up. He's pulling talent from everywhere, yes, but he's also coaching that talent up. He's developing that talent. And he's showcasing that talent in the biggest games every single year. The University of Alabama comes in on our list today at number two. They have sent 127 players to the NFL draft. So we reached the number one team on our Daily Dose Top 5 today of schools that have had more players drafted since the year 2000 than anyone else. And over the past 20 years, no one's really even been close. Alabama at number two is at 127. Our number one team comes in with 141 players drafted. That's a pretty big jump. 
but no one has had more players drafted since the year 2000 than the Ohio State University. But you know, when you think about it, all the teams on this list, they've all had at least a few years where maybe they've been down a little bit. Honestly, Ohio State has probably had the least down years since 2000. Whether their head coach was Ryan Day or Urban Meyer or Jim Tressel or even John Cooper, the Buckeyes haven't had many real bad seasons where they didn't just have a ton of talent. Look at the guys they have sent. Chase Young, Nick Bosa, Denzel Ward, Curtis Samuel, Joey Bosa, Ezekiel Elliott, Michael Thomas, Ryan Shazier, Carlos Hyde, Malcolm Jenkins, Vernon Golston, Ted Ginn Jr., A.J. Hawks, Antonio Holmes. The Ohio State Buckeyes are sending so much talent to the NFL. And you just know, seeing this list, oh, it has to annoy their neighbors to the north. They're not even in the top 10. The University of Michigan didn't even crack the top 10. Meanwhile, Ohio State is the big dog, blue blood program of the NFL draft over the past 20 years. Even if, like I said early in the show, maybe they have had a tough time producing any good quarterbacks in that run. Hey, next week on The Dose, we will, of course, be keeping you up to date with all that happens in the world of sports, but we are also going to be bringing you our 2021 Daily Dose NFL Mock Draft. If you haven't heard our mock draft before, you've got to be sure to check that out. We will be predicting who will be going where in the NFL Draft over the first half of that round, and of course, we will be doing that Daily Dose style as only we can. So be sure that you tune into The Dose next week, and be sure that you let a friend know to do the same. Hey, I have to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening to The Daily Dose every week. Thank you for the emails. Thank you for the texts. Thank you for the tweets. Thank you for subscribing to our YouTube channel and giving us positive ratings wherever it is you watch or listen. But more than anything else, thank you so much for sharing the show with someone that you know. We absolutely love it when you do that. Have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all next Wednesday. Have a great week, everybody. If you're not completely satisfied, you can be Busty St. Clair.